Hey, Peter. Hey, Adam. We're recording in three. Bing. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to a recording of the You'll Hear It podcast. <laughs> Is this uh, Daily Jazz Advice coming at you? Yeah. Is this a record? Aren't they all recorded? You make it sound so special today. I do make We're it sound. We're not going live. We're going recording today. We tried going live and it was a disaster. Was it? No, it was For fine. me personally, I couldn't I couldn't do both. I was paying attention to the live stream. I was trying to get questions. And I was, <laughs> when I look back at those podcasts, or I listen back at those podcasts, I... I, I feel like I'm not paying attention to either one at all. You know I'm what sorry, I'm saying? What were you just saying? <laughs> oh, so frustrating. All right. Well, today we're talking about recording because we got a speak pipe, a voicemail. Nice. Speak pipe. From uh, Darren in California. All right. And uh, let's hear it. Okay. Hey, Peter and Adam. This is Darren over in California. And I had a question about making recordings. Um, with this music, we spend so much of our time playing live that going into a recording studio can be kind of hard to adjust to. You don't have the audience there. You're usually isolated from the other musicians. And at least for me, I'm always super aware that everything I play is getting saved. You know, if you mess up something when you're playing live, it's over almost as soon as it happened. But when you're recording, you're stuck with it. And a wrong turn somewhere could screw up what might have been a really good take for the other players. And all of that just causes me to tense up and kind of not do my best playing. So I'm wondering if you've ever dealt with this, how you've dealt with it, and if you just have any tips on how to make the studio feel a little bit more like the bandstand. Thanks a lot. Well, thanks, Darren. That's a great question. That's a great question, and I think that this probably applies to every jazz musician at some point in their development, and it sometimes comes back to haunt you as well. So It's so tricky. It actually is tricky, and it's a skill that you have to work on a little bit. It is. I remember my very first like uh, real recording session in New York at Systems 2, which is a great jazz studio. Yeah. And if we did like the first tune or the first take, and I played so quietly. Like I was just trying to, I was like, <laughs> and the I, the engineer of all people pulled me aside. I was pretty young, and he pulled me aside, and he's like, just just play. Just <laughs> right. play. Don't worry about it. He's like, Just can't play. turn the mics up anymore, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you don't, you're not making any sound. <laughs> right, right, right. You know? and, and it's because I was like hyper aware, as Darren was saying. And yeah. so you do have to learn how to let this go. Uh, but there are some practical things I think we could... Yeah, and I think for both of us, I mean, for me, I, I have to go back a while to really remember. <laughs> for me. <laughs> you know, because I'm so damn old. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I do remember, but it's been a while. But you know what? has reminded me when we started this podcast because this was such a different thing yeah for me i think probably for you too that i mean i was so self-conscious i mean not 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 that i'm not now with every word i say but i mean we it took us a minute to get to the point where we were just sort of talking to each other yeah if you listen to those first few episodes we were definitely (laughs) like and here is the blues scale But I mean, it, it really don't listen is. To those episodes. Yeah, yeah. Do not listen to those episodes. <laughs> they're they're loud tones on there. It'll mess up your your stereo. No, they're fine. But it, but like anything, you know, with no, without experience, and you hear yourself in the headphones talking or whatever, and it's different than playing. And yeah. It's, but it reminds exactly right. It reminds me of the, my first experiences playing. You know, in, in a big studio or recording. Well, it's like how do you? I mean, I think that that if you think about sort of the the goal that you want to have in terms of going to recording. Um, being that you are playing your best in as much of an unconscious unconscious way as possible. You're just creating 
and doing your thing without ever thinking about I'm in the studio, this is going to be heard, all the things that Darren kind of brought up, this is for life or whatever. Like, how do you get to that point? And I can't say that I've ever done a session even now where it didn't cross my mind a little bit, but it's it, the percentage went so low that I don't even it, it, when it comes in, I don't worry about it as yeah. much. So you don't have to worry about like being totally unconscious and just creating like you would on a gig. But if you can get to like 90%, you're going to be doing really well. And I think that, you know, once you realize that that's a goal and a target you can get to, you can separate out this whole thing of like, you have to be comfortable with who you are. So like when we come on and do this podcast, we just talk and stuff. And when, at first, when you listen back to it, it's like, oh my God, I sound like that. And then, yeah. but at a certain point you have to be like, no, that's how I sound. That's that, that's not going to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, how do you get to the point where you can, you know, be your best self? But some people want to be like, I'm in the studio and like, oh man, I don't sound like Herbie Hancock. Dude, you don't sound like that on the gig either. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so all you have to do. So once you lower your expectation to just being the best of yourself, which is fine. Like, yeah. like we talk about, everybody has something to say yeah. and, and you have to, I know that sounds like a corny affirmation, It does. but once you, uh, <laughs> it does, I know. And, but you know what, that's what I have to say. So <laughs> it's true though. And you know, I mean, so there's, uh, I had a friend who posted this on Twitter uh, which I thought was a really good. Um, Are you stalling while you're trying to find it? On yeah, Twitter? But, no, but I found it. Uh, so a friend of the podcast, Christopher Stark, uh, posted. Re- no, we're re- going to talk about this dude every day. Man. Just this week, because I'm just thinking about it. Christopher Stark week. Uh, so hey, maybe that could be. Yeah, yeah just kidding. Uh, so he posted this: uh, the creative process for most people, and I think this goes for anything, whether you're recording a podcast or in the studio or even yeah. performing live. Uh, this is brilliant. This is tricky. This is terrible. <laughs> I am terrible. <laughs> this might be okay. I'm now interested in the next thing. Is that seven things? Yeah, that's yeah. six things. Oh, six, six things. But but that could go for anything for a recording session or whatever. This is oh yeah. man, this is awesome. Yeah, hey, this is tricky. Yeah, this is terrible. Yeah, I am terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this might be okay. Oh, number seven might be suicide. That's the worst part. It's What's like the next the- <laughs> gig? Oh yeah, that was for that. But it's like the six levels of composer hell, basically. <laughs> that's true. But you know what? The, I think this applies. It's it's funny, but it's it applies to every project that I've ever done. It's like. I get you get so excited about it, and you get a little nervous because it's harder than it should be. Yeah, and then you're like, "This is terrible," and you're like, "I'm just, yeah, I'm a fraud," you know, yeah, all this yeah, stuff, yeah. or whatever. But you have to just ignore that voice in you your do. head that's trying to do that to you. You know what I mean? And just trust that you know you've put in the right preparation and that you can be yourself. I think yeah. for me, man, what what really opened this up for me was the ability to in the studio connect with the other musicians like I would on the bandstand. Mm. You know, and I really try to that's make an great. effort to make eye contact and I really try to make an effort to listen and to communicate with that's them. So creepy, man. <laughs> eye contact no I'm just kidding no but you know what I mean yeah. it's like if you make a connection with them make a connection with the engineer if you really try to like be present with the other humans in the room yeah all the equipment in the room kind of fades away that's right and then that also will give you kind of some energy and some connection that, that can translate I mean it's going to translate any way with great musicians but if you do get a little bit of that human connection going and then you also just realize okay I'm not like the studio can be such an isolating situation if you think about the band sign, like you ever go to a gig and you're nervous or whatever, but then when you get up there and you're all together and there's you're kind of playing with each other and, and you kind of get caught up in the energy and the audience. Yeah. And so that can get you into that thing of like it's in the moment. And like Darren says, it's like, well, this is I'm just playing in the moment. Nobody's recording it. Although I was just going to mention there's always people recording now. So, you, you know, live performance is not like it used to be where it's not being documented as easily. Somebody put something on Instagram or whatever. Dude, don't I know it. <laughs> J-Ross TV is everywhere. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, the thing about it is 
in the studio, it can be so isolating because a lot of times you're literally isolated in terms of like the pianos in a booth yeah. and you've got on headphones. There's and no s- feedback. Right, right. Know. And so, you know, if, yeah, if you can make eye contact, if you can come in between takes and be with other people. I mean, I've been in these sessions where you're just in the same little room by yourself. You, free, you feel like you're playing alone. And so you want to take those chances to, to kind of make, get that human connection. Yeah, and then some other things you can you can do is make sure really take the time with your headphones. Uh, in my experience, if you're using headphones, yeah, get them exactly where you want to be. You know, don't don't settle so that you're comfortable. That yeah, could, that could make or break a session for me. If there's crappy headphones and a crappy mix coming in, that sucks. Exactly. Yeah. Another little thing, like you said about playing really quiet on that first uh, session um, for piano. Actually, this would be for any instrument. So you're always gonna you're not always, but you're generally gonna need to hear yourself in the headphones. So, uh, some if you're if you're isolated, but don't put yourself up too high because you want to hear yourself at a realistic level, like you are in a live situation. Yeah. If you're hearing yourself so clearly, you're going to be playing in a in a, in a very self conscious way, yeah. like oh wow, why am I? You know, you, you're going to hear things that you don't normally hear, and that's just not natural. And so I think that you know one thing that we both mess around with sometimes is taking one ear off of the headphones and maybe hearing yourself acoustically, um, and then just kind of using. Or if you can do that, you can just turn yourself down totally in the headphones on the recording and just just use that for hearing everybody else. But I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm, this is a chance to hear myself better. No. If you want to play like you do live and and put your best performance, you need to hear yourself like you're used to hearing yourself. That's exactly right. I mean, you don't want to be too low either because you don't want to overplay if right. you can't hear yourself at all. You sure. know what I mean? And and burn yourself out. But yeah, don't put yourself like straight up front, yeah. you know, unless you're a singer and then it's what you want anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what they want. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing to do is to practice recording yourself, even if it's just on your phone. Yes. You know what I mean? Get yeah, put it, yourself, exactly, put yourself in that situation. And pretend like you're in, you know, a big time studio. Yeah. Like, I know that sounds silly, yeah. but make believe that you're on the session yep. and you're doing it. Every right. time I hear make believe, I think about the, the, do, 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 the choo-choo train on Mr. Mr. Rogers. Rogers. That's yeah. when I first the learned to make of, believe. Land of, that's a great documentary. My, I just watched it the other day. It's awesome. Day. It's awesome. Like and I mean, when my parents used to sit me down in front of PBS for six hours at a time when I was four years old, man, that was my whole childhood pretty much. Yeah, it's, great. It's, like a, it's like a creepy grandfather. <laughs> but I mean, um, one other thing I just I remember Darren saying about tensing up. I think, um, you know, hopefully all these things are, are kind of will get you more comfortable especially you're kind of practicing that sort of goes along with the visual visualization thing that we've talked about. And so like, don't wait until you get into the studio for the first time to actually be there, even if you're kind of mentally putting yourself there, Mm -hmm. but also some of the same techniques we've talked about before to not tense up in any kind of situation. I mean, preparation is always the best one for me. It's like people like, do you get nervous? I'm still, they're like, you probably don't still get nervous. I'm like, yep. Every time I'm not prepared for something. If you're not prepared, you're going to be more nervous (laughs) because you're not prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but then, you know, kind of visualizing, pretending like you're in the situation, if you get a chance to go to the studio before everybody or like when the drummer's setting up and just get comfortable on the piano or, or, or if you're a saxophone player with the mic so that you're already warmed up and kind of ready to go like the way a distance runner goes the days before and goes on the path and goes through there and then like sometimes people don't want to do that stuff because then like oh I'm going to be more nervous because I'm going to know exactly how weird it is in there but I think that you're more physically comfortable with your environment then you can really focus on playing you know the music better you're you know I mean but yeah. look you're going to be in a situation we've all been we put a bunch of music the other day in a situation where we're just throwing music in front of them yeah. and so that's when the big dogs kind of come out and like okay I'm cool I'm, I'm gonna come up to this but it's still the same thing mm-hmm. you cannot get in that thinking I don't care how you how good you are at sight reading of like 
oh, I can read anything. You still know that if you'd had that music a week ago and you practiced it every day, you could do it better. Yeah. But you have to be not only, it's not really confident enough, it's just comfortable enough to say, you know what, I'm going to do the best that I can on this. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to try to bring the music out. I'm going to miss a few little notes, but I'm going to make this sound beautiful. And that's good enough yeah. because that's the best I can do anyway. Yeah. And as long as you get paid at the end of the session, you, you did all right. That's right. We always think you know, that it's worse than it actually was because when we listen back, we're listening with a kind of clarity and, and a knowledge of what we did when we did it that no one is ever going to listen to. No one's going to gonna listen to it as yeah. closely as you're listening to it on the no. playbacks. Exactly. You know. Yeah, well, that's a great question, Darren. Thanks for that. Yep. Uh, it's important, and it's it can be tricky if you don't do it regularly. So, you know, try to do it regularly, too. Yeah, yeah, and I love your thing about, remember, you can do it at home. And listen back and kind of think about how you feel and treat it like a session. That's great. Yeah. Um, please send us questions. Please um, do it through any of the different mediums we have. Uh, we've had a barrage of, of comments on YouTube, so we sort of fell behind and we got a little self-conscious. We're going to address that tomorrow, uh, though. Tomorrow right? is going to yeah. be a Ooh. big day for us. Dun, 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 dun. We do have a great review. Oh, though. we do? Yeah. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I've got it here. You got it there? I have it. Okay. I have it up here. So it's Drop 1, it. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 stars they manually put in. But no, I think you're reading that wrong. I, I, lo I look at that as 7 and then 5. Why seven and five? We, that, dude, that's what we're always asking for. We're ah. always like, give us seven stars, but if you can't, give us five. Well, they gave us 12. I'm, <laughs> I look at that and I see 12. You're such a cumulative guy, man. 12 <laughs> damn stars right in front of me. Seven uh, plus five is 12, but you know, we were talking. So you know. <laughs> I know, I know. But we were talking about our, uh, our rankings on, yes. on the iTunes podcast music category. Yeah. And we were right next to uh, some interesting podcasts. And one of them, this guy says... Almost as good as the bump and grind '90s R&B podcast. Who was one above us? I know. Yeah, yeah. Which is that's technically true. Almost as good as the <laughs> bump and grind. Are you you're not going to read the rest of it? And definitely the best podcast for jazz players. Yeah, there you go. Uh, by Southfields from the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. <laughs> Very specific. Such, such a fussy way of. That's actually Apple puts that. I, I kept thinking that our users were. I was like, wow, they're so specific. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. Well, so cool. Well, thank you, uh, Southfields, for that. Uh, the love you're showing us, and uh, you guys, please, when you get a chance, mm. I mean, look, I know it's, it takes you 30 seconds. I don't want to, you know, just because every day we're giving you a, a new podcast that takes us hours to produce, give us a little 30, I'm sorry, was that, that was kind of aggressive, wasn't it? Not aggressive enough. <laughs> <laughs> but when you have 30 seconds in your busy schedules from listening to our podcast, go to wherever you're listening to this podcast or watching it, be it YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Stitcher. Yeah. We're, we're rising on Stitcher. So, uh, um, we are rising on Spotify. Spotify, yeah. We're getting we're getting some top hundred love on the Spotify podcast. Listen, as long as we just get past bump and grind, that's I what I want. Help us, push us past bump and grind. Bump us past bump and grind. <laughs> that's right. So the idea is, you know, give a seven star review. Some of the systems are, are kind of forcing you into a five star situation. All of the systems Hold, holding the man down, but you know, do what you can. And and look, if you want to give us a one star review, um, do that on somewhere else, not on our podcast, buddy. I mean, don't listen all the way to the end of the episode. They'd be like, "This is one star." Just you're not going to be listening this far, are you? All right, I'm glad we. I'm glad we. <laughs> we asked for reviews today and not tomorrow. That's Tune in right. tomorrow for a very special episode of the You'll Hear a Podcast, and you'll hear it. <laughs>